Welcome to Vita Poetica Journal's podcast. We're an online journal featuring creative work explored through a spiritual lens and a publication of the Vita Poetica Arts and Faith Collective. This is the fourth season of the podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Wan, managing editor of the Vita Poetica Journal. Over the next few weeks, we'll be featuring works from our recently released spring 2022 issue. Starting off this podcast season is Ken Hines, whose poem, Notes on Borrowed Wisdom, depict characters wrestling with problems that could very well be our own. Ken Hines is a 2021 Pushcart Prize and Best of the Net nominee. His poems have appeared in AIOTB, Ekphrastic Review, Psaltery and Liar, and other magazines. His poem, Driving Test, won the third Wednesday Journal Annual Poetry Prize. All this scribbling, he says, takes place in Richmond, Virginia. Here's Ken to talk about his poem. This is Ken Hines. I wrote Notes on Borrowed Wisdom. It's a poem that thinks about how ancient wisdom reflects on our lives today. Each of the poem's five sections begins with a verse from the book of Proverbs, followed by a pair of subtitled stanzas. The stanzas are snapshots of moments where someone faces a decision or difficulty that the proverb tries to eliminate. Notes on Borrowed Wisdom 1. Better a dry crust with tranquility than a house full of feasting and quarrel. Proverbs 17.1 Birthday Every year she makes a fancy cake, as though the child were still here. She can see him even now, wide-eyed in the dining room, awaiting the lighted cake, each candle bearing its own tiny halo. What odd alchemy to turn sugar, flour, and egg into joy. Her husband is cleaning out the gutters today. No need for all this, he says. As she folds orange zest into chocolate ganache, she can see her husband through the kitchen window. He is standing on a ladder, one work boot raised above the rung, as he leans, stretching for something just out of reach. McDonald's. Starling's breakfast in the parking lot beside a rain-soaked table. The man sits alone, staring. He stuffs the last hand warmer down his shirt, lets his fingers thaw themselves around a large coffee. Every day it feels like he's farther from shore. The woman he calls Princess is here again, cocooned in a grimy blanket two tables away, her scavenged egg McMuffin in a mittened hand. She looks up at him, smiles, ducks her head, flicks a hunk of biscuit onto the blacktop. What would it be like, he says almost aloud, to seize it and vanish? with a few flaps of your wings. Two, the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. Proverbs 14.10. St. Kevin. At the mouth of a cliffside cave, foot braced on a crag, he hauls up the rope, arm over serpentine-veined arm, five fathoms of it, dangling a leather bundle that swings above the lake like a censer. Drawn to the cave's emptiness, 
He turned his backs on the abbey's monks. Yet they pull the Kuro's oars across the deep to his hand-hewn lair. Wise men bearing weekly gifts. Cheese, brown bread, salt fish. What need he of paltry routine, his soul now bared to the divine? Cave coffin, his sanctuary. Lake fog, his incense. If anything is holy, everything is. Craniotomy. On a gurney rolling to surgery, watching a stream of ceiling tiles overhead, the man is startled by a faint echo of prayer. If I should die before I wake, how does this residue still soil my mind, he wonders. Fantasy of folded hands and pajamaed knees beside a narrow bed. I pray the Lord my soul to take. His body, defending itself from the cold, shivers clenches fistfuls of sheet. Stopped beneath lights bright enough to pierce flesh, he feels strange hands shift his head with infinite care. He blinks, tries to focus, ashamed his faith in nothing has forsaken him at last. Three. Those who guard their mouths preserve their lives. Those who open wide their lips come to ruin. Proverbs 13.3 Appointment The man edges into the corner of the psychologist's couch, snatching a pink pillow from his back. On the middle cushion, his wife, intent as a parishioner in church, he hears the doctor spritz the air with clinical cant, self-disclosure, availability, sees the shrink's hands folded in her lap, purpled fingertips moving out and back again in a slow clap that reminds him of Sesame Street puppets telling kids they are not alone. What do they want from me, he asks himself behind a granite smile. Vocal. In the realm beyond time, before she was born, she envied the way humans talk, loved the fingerprint of sound that is each human voice, the symphony of morphemes played by puffs of air riffling through vocal folds. But now, as she waits at Delta Gate 2B, straining to hear them call her flight, she misses that quiet time just beyond memory, when knowing was shared by all being, unlike here, where it's handed out to certain selves, like shuffled cards at a poker table. Four. Cheating scales are the Lord's loathing, and a true weight stone his pleasure. Proverbs 11.1 1. Well water. The salesman sounds out cryptosporidium for the woman, ignoring the dog raising a wary hind leg above his shoe. She fans herself in the doorway of the mobile home, turns the word over in her head. She can feel microscopic worms on her tongue, can see her own body coffined in front of the church, 
her dimpled cheeks now flat and cold. How much for this filter? She wants to know. Rifling through her purse past grandbaby picks and tissues, she wonders if she'll like the taste of purity. Whistleblower. Unseen but all-seeing from her desk in the catacomb of claims, she knows enough to bury them all, their names emblazoned on directory, parking deck, and door, their eyes ignoring her nodded hellos. If no one knows you, do you even exist? She shoulders a sweater she keeps in a drawer, slides a strand of gray hair from her eyes. Hovering the cursor over send, she feels like a Marvel hero reborn, with the power to make herself appear. Five. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. Proverbs 17.3. Mask. Thursday nights, his teenager skulks toward the church steps like a prisoner. The man watches as addicts file past his car toward the meeting room, silhouetted by a bulb above the door. He leans against the headrest, feels his eyes close. With his next breath, the parking lot becomes a little league diamond, the bucket seat, a lawn chair. His son scrambles onto the field, slides the catcher's mask over a half-blown bubble. Infield floodlights swarm with brown bats, skydiving in their wild, erratic paths, never looking back. Empty. A girl with raspberry hair taps his shoulder, the way you touch an iron to see if it's hot. Perched on a folding chair, the boy hugs his knees like a life ring. Handmade posters stare down at him from yellow basement walls. Easy does it. Turn it over. Grow or go. She wants to tell him her name, but he is pushing through the crowd of women and men joined in intricate handshakes and smothering hugs. At the doorway, he stops a foot on the threshold. To be unseen was all he ever wanted, to be emptied at last of himself. Thanks for listening. You just heard Ken Hines reading his poem, Notes on Borrowed Wisdom, from our current spring 2022 issue. You can learn more about Vita Poetica at the website in our podcast description, www.vitapoetica.org, where you can find details on how to submit to the journal and other ways to get involved. Thanks for listening, and more soon.